Welcome in to a wild and wacky Wednesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. We're glad to have you guys with us here as we obviously have a, a fantastic show ahead, as you saw on the title card. Mm-hmm. This is It's always unique with us because you never know who's going to show up. Or if they're going to show up, but <laughs> or, or if Mo's or if you're going to hear me when they show up, or if Mo's going to put his microphone on or not, you never know. It's 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 it's, it's a wild and wacky Wednesday. Hey, hey, we we are a work in progress, man. Buddy, if that's not the most accurate term to describe this show at all times, two two and a half, three, almost three years in, this will be our third birthday in fifteen days. That's right. Isn't that wild? And wacky. <laughs> so, I mean, they here's... They said it would never last. They, <laughs> some people did Actually, some say people that. did say that very thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, and here we stand. And here we it. are, uh, three years later, doing... They keep letting us well. come back, they, as you they've, say. they've still not kicked us out, so here we are, and here we go. Again, it's going to be a great show. Mark North will join us, and if you don't know who Mark North is, he's been on the show before, but mm-hmm. you know he does kind of live in the shadows a little bit of Metro Nashville. He's he's kind. Of, you won't see him on any game day shows like some others, um, but you know there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's that a different approach. It's a different approach. He he's, takes a different approach. He lets the product be the product. He's different, and that's and that's okay. But when when there is something that needs to be talked about. He's happy to join us, and we are happy to have him. And there is something to be talked about. Uh, there is, in fact, we got a little turf talk. <laughs> As, uh, Spin a, a spinoff, yeah. if you will, <laughs> Bleacher from reports. the Bleacher Report. Yeah. And we may get a Bleacher Report, at least one potentially. Uh, and, and because who knows? They where, may where, have, where's, where's, where's Blaine when you need him? Where's Blaine when you need him? Right? Yeah. No. We, we may get a bleacher report. We may get uh, who knows, but but we're looking forward to talking to him about the progress of the turf situation and in Metro Nashville. And mm-hmm. he'll join us uh, after the top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick at three o'clock. So right after that, you can catch Mark, and we will have Heather Williams today. Because we have well, made sure based, we have visual confirmation that she has an alarm set in her phone for four minutes ahead of her airtime, which is perfect 
Yeah. As a matter of fact. Yeah, that will give her time to get where she needs to get and do what she needs to do to join us at 220, and we're looking forward to it. We are, because I'll tell you, NASCAR had some drama. No, over. really? Yeah, finally, finally a little a, a little drama. It's been it's been kind of quiet over the last couple of I guess weeks or so outside of the, you know, who's going to make the playoffs. That was kind of the only drama there was, but now we've got some more We got drama drama. Yeah, huh? we we got a little high drama uh, coming out of NASCAR. So we'll talk to her about that and of course the next two playoff races which will determine who moves on in the playoffs. But we have plenty more to get to as well, and we're going to do that after we give you yesterday's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Tuesday volleyball action. Spiegel in five sets. Defeated Blackman three to two. It was John Overton three, Kane Rich nothing. Lawson three, Glencliff nothing. Gallatin three, Hendersonville nothing. Lebanon three, Laverne nothing. Wow. Loretto three, Hampshire nothing, Middle Tennessee Christian three, Saint Cecilia nothing, and Oakland three, Riverdale nothing. So here's the thing: either these things went all the way, or they were sweeps. Because Providence Christian in five games defeated Grace Christian of Franklin three two. Also, it was Sycamore three, Harpeth two in a Cheatham County showdown, and Stewart's Creek three, Wilson Central two. Girls soccer action. Blackman blanked Riverdale 5-0. It was Cheatham County with a 9-0 win over Hickman County. DCA edges Foxville. Franklin Road Academy 3-0, while Springfield was a 5-0 winner over East Robinson. Davidson Academy in a no disqualification, no... No, nothing. They they played till till there were zeros on on the board. Holds anywhere they're in the building, huh? Thirteen, nothing over Ezel Harding Forest. Blank Zion Christian nine, nothing. It was Rockville three, Franklin County three, and a draw there. Good pasture and friendship Christian also with a draw. This one nil nil. Hillsboro was a nine nothing winner over Antioch. Kane Ridge down home with Lane six one. Murfreesboro Central and Independence with a nil nil draw as well. Lawson with a seven one win over Lead Academy. Smyrna and Lebanon one one draw. Liberty Creek was a ten one winner over Greenbrier. Martin Luther King shut out White House Heritage five nothing. Harpeth shuts out McEwen six nothing. John Oakley was a two nothing winner over McGavick and Montgomery Central down Inwood eight two. Also Mount Juliet with a three one win over Beat. Nashville Christian 10, Allen County, Kentucky, nothing. Oakland with a one nothing win over Siegel. Pope Pep, blank, Brookston Academy, three nothing. Green Hill with a 7-2 win over Portland. Summit, nine, Spring Hill, nothing. Stills Creek, eight, Wilson Central, one. Merrill Hyde with a 5 nothing win over Sycamore. And University School of Nashville, three, Columbia Academy, one. And Major League Baseball action on Tuesday. Astros with a 14-1 victory over the Rangers in a big AL West matchup. Chicago Cubs defeated the San Francisco Giants 11-8. It was the Reds 7, the Mariners 6. Marlins with a 6-3 win over the Dodgers. Pirates defeated Pittsburgh 7-3. And the St. Louis Cardinals come into Truist Field and defeat the Atlanta. I'm sorry. Field is in Charlie. Park. 
Although probably would not would not mind seeing the Braves as bad as the Knights are these days. <laughs> that 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 place in Cobb County. There you go. It is in Cobb and, County. And defeated Atlanta 10-6. Um, not a league baseball action. The Towns opened their six-game series against visiting Memphis for a 6-2 victory in which Julio Braun and Josh Donaldson both played. Julio Braun was hitless through four and a third. Pretty good job in, 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 in uh, his rehab start. WNBA played the Sun down the Sparks 90 to 76. It was the Chicago Sky 96, the Fever of Indiana 69. Liberty, New York, edge of Dallas 94 93. And the Mystics of Washington down to Phoenix 100 to 77. Today's schedule volleyball action. Murfreesboro Central is at Blackman at 6. All of these are at 6 o'clock. Riverdale's at Providence Christian. Spring Hill hosts Fairview. Eagleville goes to Watertown. And this one could be at six. Could be at next. I don't know. <laughs> Summertown is at Stewart's Creek at some point today. <laughs> In girls' soccer action, Brentwood Academy goes to Endsworth for a 431st touch at five. The Webb School of Bell Buckle is at Providence Christian. Gallatin goes to Battleground Academy. That one also starts at five. And at 630, Harpeth Hall is at Father Ryan. Major League Baseball action right now. Well, maybe right now because it started at 11. Yeah, probably could be over. Um, right now, the Pirates lead the Brewers 5-4 in the bottom of the eighth. Um, let's see. No way. Um, bottom of the third, the Cubs 4, the Giants nothing. Bottom of the third, also, it's the Guardians 1, the Twins nothing. Let's see. At 5.40 this evening, the Dodgers are at Miami against the Marlins. Also, the Mariners are at the Great American Small Park against the Reds. At 6.20, the Astros and the Braves continue their three-game series. And at 7.05, Houston is in Arlington against the Rangers. Minor League Baseball, Memphis and the Sounds continue their series at First Horizon Park, not field. At 6.35, and at 6 o'clock on NBA TV, it's the Seattle Storm at the Atlanta Dream. Seeing nothing further, that is your rundown. Well, the top story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly over at Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see the fine folks over there for your daily lunch specials, your fresh hand-cut meats or produce. Always something delicious at the Pig, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Go check them out. Top story today, I'm not sure if you've seen much about this, but it, it, is, making, it is making the rounds on, on the Twitters. As Caleb Williams has, and I'm not sure if it's him or his dad who has said this. It's his dad who has said this. But this is not unprecedented news. This has happened before, and fathers have been involved in these types of negotiations. And <laughs> says that Caleb might elect to stay at USC if the NFL fit isn't quite right in other words Arizona I don't, wanna, don't draft me exactly and I think here's the thing about that though Arizona's got like 27 first round picks this year 
they really do. They have like four in the first 12 picks or something. Like they've got a ton of picks from last year. And I'm interested, you know, because you kind of feel like it might be worth being there. The situation could get better because they have so many first round picks. Now, of those first round picks. Well, you still have to execute out? them. Yeah. Who, who, how many are going to work out? Do you trade them for, you know, offensive linemen and wide receivers and, and that sort of thing? So I, I, I feel like there's some, you know, some negotiation to to be had if I'm a, if I'm the Cardinals. So here's my thing. Here's my here's my question, and I I don't know, and hopefully you will. Can you go back once you've you, been drafted? You would not be drafted. You would basically have to say sort of like Bo Jackson and John Elway did, I'll go do something else. And but I, if 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 a team drafts him, but he, and he have, goes. He back. would have to get. He would have to declare for the draft. Once he declares, he's done. Okay, that's okay. But the that's, situation is, you can still go through all of the pro days. You can go through all of the NFL. No, because you got to declare by like mid January, don't you? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. So I don't know that he can do all of that. That's a good question. Um, January sixteenth, yeah. So if you're an underclassman, you have to declare for the draft. Correct. And once you declare for the draft, then you're in the draft. You're in the draft. That's irrevocable. Yes. No so, take backsies. Yeah. And so no pro days. They would have to do interviews ahead of time. And I don't think you can do interviews ahead of time. So while this sounds good, as we sit here on September 6th, when the rubber meets the road, is this actually executable by the Williams camp? Yeah, because it's not like Kyler Murray got drafted by the Oakland Athletics and he can go play baseball anytime he feels like it. Right. Or Bo Jackson or John Elway. I mean, this is a different situation. He has to declare for the draft. Now, as I'm reading this article on CBSSports.com, Father Carl recently voiced his qualms with the draft process, hinted that a return to the Trojans in 2024 could very well be on the table if the draft order, if the draft pecking order threatens to put him in an unfavorable situation. Parentheses Arizona. <laughs> Doesn't say that. That's my interjection. Quote, the funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first, Williams said in an interview with GQ Sports. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's absolutely not wrong. The system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of their desire for parity gets the first pick. So it's the gift and the curse. Hang on. I've talked to Archie Manning. His career was shot because he went to a horrible organization. I've talked to Lincoln, and Kyler struggled because of where he was drafted. Baker struggled mightily because of where he was drafted. The organization's matters. He's got two shots at the apple, 
So if there's not a good situation, the truth is he can come back to school. Now, there have been some people who say if you're mad at Caleb Williams about this, and, and I'm not mad, I think hmm. that I'm fine, then you got to keep the same energy for the Mannings and for John Elway. And for everybody else who has manipulated the draft. I don't want to be there, so don't take me. And, and you know, honestly, I, I don't fault the kids. I don't fault the Mannings. I don't fault... I don't. I don't. I don't fault, fault the John Elway because was it AJ Smith? Was he the GM of the Chargers at the time? Yes. Yes. He's an idiot. Well, you know, I I don't. The, the when you are a draft eligible athlete, you only have so much say over where you're going. You only have so much leverage. I'm not mad at anybody for using whatever leverage they have. And you to can, get the desired effect. You can tell me, because I don't know. Was that a thought in why Peyton Manning came back? I don't remember who had the number one pick that year. That's a good question. I honestly don't think it was, though. I think Peyton just loved the collegiate experience that much. And felt like they had a chance. He's and like, clearly they did, since they won it the next year. Yeah, so... I mean, no, I don't think the draft entered into Peyton's. He ended up in the Colts organization anyway, so it wasn't like he got any better organization. <laughs> I mean, he he clearly, clearly that organization got better, you know. But he was a big part of why. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's unprecedented for a, a a player to make an organization better. Sure. I mean, the irony of the Eli situation is that. It kind of worked out for both teams. I mean, yeah. obviously San Diego never won a championship, but they won a lot of football games, a lot more than they were winning before they were, Phillip Rivers they were got there. Awfully competitive, much as I hate to admit it, while Phillip Rivers was there. So and so I mean, <laughs> there's that. So in nineteen ninety-seven, <clears throat> which is a draft Peyton would have been in. Orlando Pace was the number one pick to St. Louis. New, the Jets had that pick. If he goes, we never see Kurt Warner. Wow. Well, wow. I, well, you're assuming that, again, I don't know when the, the Jets traded that pick to the Rams. I don't know That's true. when the Rams got that pick. I don't know if the Jets trade that pick. If Peyton Manning is in the is draft. available, yeah, because I don't know when that dra that trade took place. Um, but yeah, um, Orlando Pace was the number one pick. Daryl Russell, defensive tackle out of USC, went number two to Oakland from New Orleans. Um, Sean Springs, corner from Ohio State, was three to Seattle from Atlanta. Uh, Florida State linebacker Peter Bowlware was fourth to him. the Ravens. Pace and uh, Bowlware are the only two me. people I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Bowlware didn't even have a great NFL career. And he was nice, but he wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Um, Interesting. But, no, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that that entered into the consideration for Peyton at that time, just for what that's worth. But it well, certainly I, was for Eli. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, Eli had no real choice other than to say, I'm not going to play here. 
And for Elway, it was, he had an opportunity to go, he, he had an opportunity to do something else. Right. Bo Jackson had an opportunity to do something else. And he vowed to never play for the Bucks because they did him wrong. Mm-hmm. They did him dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Line, cheats. They some snitches. <laughs> right. I mean, all of that. Yep. So, but know, I mean, but Caleb back, Williams, I don't think has another option. I think it's NFL or nothing for him. So, I mean, if if, if that's the case, buddy, you'd go play for Carolina. Well, I, I mean, sure, but but if some somebody can draft him and draft the rights to him, yeah. And that's the thing is, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean, if a team decides. You know, we're going to take him and we're going to wait him out. Then either he's coming or he's not going to. If he plays in the NFL, he's going to play here. Right. Now, for that team, the question becomes, how long are you willing to wait on the number one pick? Well, if he does decide to stick to his gun. But if you're Arizona and you've got four first-round picks, you can waste one on Caleb Williams. In this era of NIL. Oh, he can he can make USC money. quarterback Caleb he, Williams in the Big Ten. He can make money. He's gonna make money. That ain't the problem. But he ain't gonna make a, he ain't gonna make lifetime money like the NFL's gonna make you. Depends on your definition of lifetime money, I, I guess. guess. I mean, that. and I don't know. I don't know what he's making on NIL. I don't care no. what he's making on NIL. To be honest, some people do. I don't know why. But um, it's not like he's got to feed his family necessarily. I mean, he doesn't have to go pro. So this is, I mean, it's intriguing, but it's not intriguing necessarily for the reasons that the story is laying out. Because he he has to declare, and once he declares, he's in. Yeah. And and there's 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 no turning back. Right. Yeah. So. Certainly bears watching, though. Certainly does. Let's take a break. Heather Williams is in. We will get to her in just a moment. Talk a little NASCAR. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint is back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, 
Technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yell, Mo Patton. It's Wednesday. It's a wild and wacky Wednesday. All the weirdest and wildest news from across the world still to come. But right now, we're talking a little NASCAR. And we do that with our friend Heather Williams. Heather, what's up? Hey, I made it today. And, and we're so glad to have you. <laughs> we really are. Well, um, um, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And I, uh, I, I, I sent Mo a picture of my, uh, my alarms today so I wouldn't forget. So, uh, yeah, I think we're good the rest of the year. We, we appreciate it, we, um, your, your diligence there. Um, so, what, where are we catching you? What are you between? I know you've got a lot going on. It's Wednesday. It's high school football and NASCAR. Yeah, so I'm in between. Um, we just shot, we do a segment on Wednesdays called Prep Picks, where we uh, basically pick, pick the high school games around here. And then my weekly NASCAR, I just got back in the building from shooting my weekly NASCAR segment that I do with um, uh, the crew chief from the local truck team that's here in the Bristol area. So uh, in between high school and, and racing is where you got me. Gotcha. Okay. Heather, you know, I'm just, I just can't get enough of Darlington. <laughs> Seriously. The lady black does that to many people. It's just, it's one of those places that I absolutely cannot miss. It is 500 miles and it is it's just it's a really great event whether the racing is good or not it's just such a good event and honestly the racing didn't disappoint this weekend well there's a reason why people consider daytona the coke 600 the southern 500 at darlington and probably the bristol night race these days as the crown jewels of the sport because for the reason you said, it doesn't, the racing is usually good, but even when it isn't, it's a show, it's a tradition, and you feel like you have to be a part of it. And so 
in the next gen car, it's made for a track like Darlington. And that's why the racing was so good. It's also a, a, a track because it's so odd shaped, because it's shaped like an egg, that it's very easy to misjudge the turns. You know, so you get the Darlington stripe, people smacking up against that turn in turn uh, four, because it's much narrower than the turn at the other end. And, um, it's a driver's track because of that. You have to be on your A game. And if you make a mistake as a driver, it can cost you dearly. Um, you know, pit crew mistakes, they were a big part of this weekend, but those cost you everywhere. Um, the, the focus that a driver needs to go through 500 grueling miles at Darlington is why, generally speaking, the best drivers in the sport are the drivers that are really good at Darlington because it's a challenge. So can we just, and I love that you just said that because it's a perfect way to say this. The, the, the narrative of Bubba can't drive has got to be out the window at this point. Top 10 finish, big, big weekend for him. Well, and he's always been good at Darlington, which is why those of us that understand the sport understand that the kid can drive because it's always been a good track for him. And it's, it's, it, it's 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 a difficult track. Um, this is a really good round for Bubba. Um, I know a lot a lot of people, quote unquote, experts have Bubba going out in the first round, but I don't because all three tracks are good tracks for him. Um, he won Kansas last year, which is where we're going the next week, and he doesn't have a win at Bristol in the Cup Series, but he's been very successful at Bristol in the lower series. Um, he won the Short Track Nationals here uh, maybe four or five years ago. Uh, and so this is a really, really good, probably the best round of tracks for Bubba. So, uh, I mean, I think he's in a really good spot. And without Talladega in round two, if he can steal one in Talladega, I could see Bubba making it to the round of eight. Uh, I can see that path a lot easier than I can for some other drivers. And uh, you, Mo, everyone listening, knows and understands that there is always going to be a reason why people are going to say Bubba can't drive and people are going to badmouth Bubba and he's never going to change those people's opinion. But the facts speak for themselves and the facts are, are right there. We have the facts on our side. Heather. <laughs> but, now, you know, alternative facts never stopped anyone either. There is that. The winner of this race, however, Kyle Larson, if there is anybody that – the rest of NASCAR doesn't want to see hit his stride right now. It's, it, it's number five. Yeah. You know, people always used to talk about the Bush brothers and, and it was very much true at the time being the best, most well-rounded drivers in the garage area, like put them in any car and they can drive. Um, Kyle Larson is that guy right now. He's that man. I mean, he is so talented and as long as the, the cars aren't failing him, as long as his crew's not failing him, as long as his mind is, is right, there's not anyone in the garage area can beat him when all three of those things are clicking as they were at Darlington. Um, yeah, he's definitely the most – I, I still don't know that I would call him the favorite per se uh, because I still think the Busher team, they finished top five, is still running better overall. Uh and I, I think even though Hamlin had the loose wheel issue, I think that that team is probably running a little better, more consistently. But he's definitely the most dangerous driver. You hit the nail on the head because when they get rolling, you cannot beat them. 
And finally, the big drama of the weekend, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez, Team Trackhouse, and, you know, apparently they've got an ongoing war now with uh, Hendrix. I I mean, what's the deal here? (laughs) Uh, If I'll be honest with you, I think it's some frustrated drivers that all all were probably – good and fine and well with each other when they were all running around each other for fifth place, first place, third place. But when you're, you think you should be running in those positions and you're all running around each other for 20th place, things that you let slide, you don't let slide for 20th. I think that both probably specifically Daniel and, 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 and Alex who got into it a little bit may feel like they're a little driving for their jobs, right? They both missed the playoffs. People probably, think that both teams should be in the playoffs and so things get a little chippier you know when you're back there and you think you're battling for your job so I don't know they to me Daniel and Alex both look like complete knuckleheads in that in that thing I mean they wrecked each other they wrecked themselves it was like I don't care if I crash right now this guy ain't getting around me and that was the attitude they both took and so they both crashed and they both finished poorly and they both hurt their chances of keeping their jobs so in what world is that smart um but I just think it goes back to um a lot of frustration because they're just not running well and they are used to it and they're in equipment where honestly they should be running a lot better than they are well, like you said, we're headed to Kansas this weekend. This weekend should be, you know, again, when you talk about tracks that, that this car is made for, Kansas has seemed to be one of those tracks over the last couple, uh, last couple of races there, and it's been really good racing. I don't expect anything different this weekend. Yeah, talk about a track that got new life with the next-gen car. It went no doubt. from being one of the most boring tracks on to one of the best ones. Um, it feels like a Toyota type of weekend. They're very good at Kansas. Um, I think they've won the last four races there. Um, so I would expect, you know, Bubba, Denny, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex Jr. to all be in the mix. I could even see Ty Gibbs maybe get, jumping up there and stealing one because um, he's been running pretty well. Um, and it's it's definitely their kind of track um you know i think that this will be a real test for us to see how far the forts have come the forts looked good going down the the you know towards the end of the regular season but there weren't really any of these high horsepower fast speed tracks in the end of the regular season so and there's a lot of them in the playoffs so you know what's chris busher do what's joey Logano do ryan blaney kevin harvick you know do they have the horsepower to legitimately compete for a championship, we'll learn a lot about that this weekend at Kansas. Should be should be fun. What you got? Um, last week, I guess it was last week because this is Wednesday. It was announced, Heather, that um, Denny Hamlin and Joe Gibbs Racing have have re-upped for some period of time while he will continue to be at the top of twenty three XI. Um, racing was this an expected move in NASCAR that that Denny Hamlin would continue with Joe Gibbs or was was it thought that he would you know have a car in 23 uh, 2311 or what was 
where where does this land in terms of surprises or lack thereof, I guess? I don't think it was really a surprise. Denny said all along he wants to stay with Joe Gibbs Racing. He wanted to stay in that 11. Um, the hang-up with it was was 23-11, was his race team. He had gotten some offers. I, I, I can't confirm for sure who it was, but I believe it was Ford because they're looking for some stronger teams to come jump over and join their uh their organization. So I think Ford was courting 2311 a little bit to be a Ford organization. And if that happened, obviously Denny couldn't have stayed with Joe Gibbs racing because he can't own a, a Ford team and drive for a Toyota, Toyota team. So um, I think that was the hang up. But once, you know, he got things settled where 2311 agreed and had a new, uh, new agreement with Toyota because that agreement was up. And once they got that new agreement with Toyota signed for 2311, then it, it, then it made it easy. He, he already had the contract with Joe Gibbs racing waiting for that to work itself out. As soon as it did, he signed and he's good to go. Now, obviously we talk about these guys, they are, most of them are just peak performance athletes, but he's 42 years old. We've seen some drivers out drive their, their age. And I'm curious, a multi-year deal, how far does this go into the future and how long can he make it? Well, I will say Denny is one of the, I mean, all these guys are, in ridiculous condition compared to where they, what they were doing 20 years ago. Yeah. But he, if you look at him, he's actually improved his body and gotten in better shape now at 42 than he was at 22. Go back and look. He was, for lack of a kinder turn, kind of a doughy little kid. And um, he's really like committed to the whole lifestyle of being a, a peak performing athlete. He plays basketball. He plays pickleball. He, you know, he's very much, an athlete all the way around. So I think that, you know, I think that Kevin Harvick and Eric Almarola and some of the other guys that are, that are either retiring or talking about retiring could have driven much later into their years. I mean, Mark Martin drove, driven, drove into his fifties and I think all these guys are in better shape than Mark Martin was, but I just think that they've made the decision because they've make, they have so much money. They don't need to. And with the threats and concussions and what happened to Dale Earnhardt, junior um a lot of them are just deciding they want to step away with their health i mean carl edwards could jump in the car now and probably still be half the field um but they just made the decision you know that they they don't have to do this but in denny's case i think the thing that drives him is that he doesn't want to be the next mark martin he doesn't want to be the best to never win a championship if he wins a championship i could very much see him saying i'm done i retire but as long as that's hanging over his head he'll probably drive for for a while i think he can he is the Buffalo Bills of NASCAR. He's been to the Final Four four times in the last nine years and has yet to come away with the win. So, yeah, I mean, obviously he wants to win that championship. Martin Martin Jr. Johnson, you know, a lot of guys out there who drove for a long time and were very successful but couldn't couldn't hoist that final trophy. And obviously he wants to do that and can't blame him. And if he can still do it, hey. By all means. I mean, he's know. one of the favorites this year. So, I mean, sure. he's still, he's still, you know, and I think, I think he's the kind of guy too, that if, if the performance drops off, I think he would step away, but he's not shown any, you know, decline or even any 
you know, signed a decline. You know, a lot of people questioned Truex the last couple of years because he hadn't been at that level. He decided to come back for another year. He's the points leader, right? He's 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 still got it. So, um, and Denny hasn't shown any of those kind of peaks and valleys in his career so far. So uh, he's been riding high for a while. You know, yeah, I mean, he's he's maybe the most consistent guy in the garage when you look at season for season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, looking forward to Kansas. It's going to be a lot of fun, Heather. We appreciate it. And obviously next week is is the most important week of the year. Home game. So it's a home game, and home games are good. So we'll look forward to a, a report next week as well before Bristol. But first, Kansas, and looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Atlanta Braves, once again, struggling with teams that stink. So we talk about them next on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bon and Joe. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill's Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. Ten years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back Neck Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding, for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. 
Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. September 6, 1998, Andrew Jones' seventh inning solo homer was one of four, along with Ryan Klesko, Andres Galarraga, and Marty Malloy. Yeah, Braves legend. Your, yeah, interject your who right here. <laughs> Braves legend, baby. Marty Malloy in the Braves 4 nothing win at Shea Stadium over the Mets. It was the 50th bomb of the 21-year-old's career making him the third youngest to that milestone in Major League Baseball history behind Mel Ott and Tony Conigliaro. Easy for me to say. <laughs> what is it? Um, John Smoltz struck out 12 in the three-hit three complete game road victory. That was this day in Braves history. The man played 35 games in the Major Leagues. <laughs> 11 for the Braves, 24 for the Marlins. <laughs> Hey, and had a hey. grand total of one career home run. And, and he hit it on this day, day in Braves history. There we go. And maybe that should have been this day in Braves history. Marty Malloy hit his only, only major league, major home, league run. home run. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 35 more, ga- 35 more games than you or I got. No, no doubt, man. So I'm, I'm not mad at Marty for horning in on oh. Andrew Jones's this day in Braves history. So <laughs> that's funny. So Andrew hit his 50th of his career, and Marty Malloy hit his first. And only. That, that, that's kind of like when I was at um, Wrigley, and I think it was in 98, when the McGuire-Sosa chase was going on, and I think Sosa hit one, and Jason Maxwell hit his first. That's right. Friend of the show. You were <laughs> you were there. I was there to see Jason. I wasn't yeah, there to see no Sosa. You had no idea Sosa was No, who? Sammy who? Yeah. Uh, Marty Malloy, now the manager of the Clearwater Threshers, not Thrashers, Threshers. Okay. Huh. Which is a shark of some sort, I guess. That's what their logo is. Are they the single, Marlins? Single A affiliate of the Phillies. Phillies. Clearwater. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for Marty. Completely off the rails, but I was like, I got to know who Marty Malloy is. This yeah, because you, you certainly didn't know him from there. No, no. Uh, any 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 reference to the '98 Braves, and I just start crying. Literally, got tears rolling down my face now. So anyway, the '98 Braves. Yeah. That's a is that a McGraw song? That's yeah, Morgan Wallen. Oh. Yeah. If love if if we were a team and love was a game, we'd be the '98 Braves. It's very frustrating too. But there is that. also a Tim McGraw '98 Braves reference. No, to. he said. Uh, he, he said that he ain't seen the Braves play a game all year. That's it. Okay. And I like it. it. I love it. Of Predators fame. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's famous from. Sure, I think so. I, I'm not sure it was even a hit before then. Before, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, but it, you know, it's frustrating this '98 Braves thing because they, they, these 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 woo girls are out here with Braves jerseys with Wallen on the back in '98, and they don't understand that it's not a good thing. <laughs> no. No, 98 is not a good thing. Like, was not a good the year. song is, the, the, literally, if, if we were a team and love was a game, we'd be the 98 Braves because they broke up. Because the Braves didn't win, and he didn't win the relationship. And so, stop it, white people. Why well, you got to bring race? <laughs> I've not I've not seen anyone else <laughs> of any other ethnicity wearing a '98 Braves shirt with Morgan with Wallen, Wallen on, on the back. back. It's frustrating. <sighs> okay. Trash can juice. Also, yes, it is in fact trash can juice. Also frustrating is the Atlanta Braves not being able to beat teams that play under 500. It's, it's really getting on my nerves at this point. Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told you on multiple occasions to this point. They won't see any of those in the postseason. Thank God. <laughs> Thank the Lord. They don't let teams that sink in the playoffs. They ain't going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> no, they're not. White Sox ain't going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> Oakland ain't going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, there we go. Not going to see them either. <laughs> so, Cubs, maybe. Oh, yeah, we'll get to see them in, in Atlanta here soon, though. But, but, yeah. but if they're in the playoffs, at least, you know, we'll have a chance to beat them. Yeah, it's, it's, been, a little, <laughs> it's been a little frustrating for sure. But I, I, I can tell you this. However frustrated you are, you're not as frustrated as Michael Soroka. No, poor Michael. Man, just another piece of bad luck. He'll always have that August International League Pitcher of the Month award, though. Well, and, and it's not just that. I mean, the kid's not caught a break since, I mean – since he and Tom Glavin made that promo playing hockey. So at this point, I'm blaming Glavin. <laughs> I wonder if at this point he needs to just go back to Gwinnett, finish out the year down there. I don't think he's going to pitch again. Oh, that's right, because he went on the IL. Yeah. He's done. Yeah, well, this was my thought prior to the announcement that he has been placed on the IL with right forearm inflammation. Right. No relation to right shoulder inflammation. Which is what Colin McHugh has. Has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it might be for the best that he be done for 2023. And just get ready for 2024. I, I, I still... I'm not convinced that he can't be a key part of this rotation at some point. That he can't be. I'm not saying he will be because, again, Kyle Wright's going to be back. What did he throw, three and a third scoreless last night on yes. rehab? Yes. Now, there's going to be a lot of options for the Braves' rotation in 24. 
But I think Soroka will be among them. See, I hope he's not. I, I would rather him have the, the Kyle Wright year where they sent Kyle Wright to Gwinnett and just said, you're here for the year. It is what it is. But here's the thing, though. Kyle Wright had not done in the major leagues what Mike, Michael Soroka has I, I understand. at that time. I understand. And, and, and there's certainly there, – please understand I'm not comparing Michael Soroka to Ronald Acuna Jr., but Ronnie wasn't Ronnie last year coming mm -hmm. off the injury. Michael's not Michael this year, coming off of two injuries, mm -hmm. the same injury, which now is probably ended the career of Andrew McCutcheon, by the way. Partial tear of his Achilles, likely, likely done. At his age? Yeah. yeah. Can't imagine he comes back. But, you know, I think Acuna was better comparatively last year than Soroka has been this year. Sure. But I still think that given the right amount of time and the right amount of effort in to becoming comfortable, that Michael Soroka could be a key part of this organization in the future. 100% mm -hmm. agree. And look forward to seeing that. Colin McHugh, however, his shoulder can keep hurting. Uh, I don't want his shoulder to keep hurting. Assuming that it is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It can keep feeling the same way it's feeling, it's feeling right, right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to see Kyler McHugh in a British uniform again this year. No. And, and, you know, here's the thing is it's and I don't think we have to. No, no. It, it, I don't think it's. I don't think it's any question that it's not necessary when when Dylan Lee is mm -hmm. is ready, Kyle Wright is ready. Uh, you've got you've got guys who can give you that long relief. And I guess the question becomes at this point, where's Uncle Jesse? See, and I don't have any update on. You know, Jesse Chavez injury necessarily. Um, Those microfractures take some time, though. But I thought he was August twenty first. He was facing hitters. You know, throwing throwing live BP. That's two weeks ago. So you got to right. feel like he's at least somewhere close. Or he's had a setback. One of the other. I mean, we ain't heard nothing. That's true. Uh, now, yeah, August twenty first was two weeks ago, Labor Day. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think he's got any issues. I hope not. But I need him back. <laughs> it, it would be nice. It would be nice. That's the thing, is that there's plenty of options. Besides? Besides Colin, Colin McHugh. McHugh. And if they don't leave him in, like I said, three innings last night, and he give up four runs, that who knows? The Braves might, winnable. The Braves might win the darn which, game. Which, which comes back to Snitker giving up on games too quick. You can't give up on games with this team. No, not with this offense. You can't, be, you, you can't just let them score ten runs. 
you've got to give yourself a chance once you get to the other team's bullpen. Because there aren't very many bullpens who are as good as Atlanta's top to bottom. They're top three in the, in the, in the league. This is a team that has the ability to win these games in the last six outs, as evidenced by last night's offense waking up mm -hmm. in the eighth inning. And so, you know, to me, I just feel like, especially against a team like St. Louis, you feel like you're going to score some runs. Throw your pitchers. At some point. Throw your pitchers. You had a day off. Right. So I don't know. But hopefully we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, yes, St. Louis won, but they faced probably the the two pitchers that <laughs> you know you can rough up. They're not going to have that same effect tonight against Spencer Strider, most likely. You wouldn't think. And the lineup looks right, <clears throat> like you would expect it to look. Huh? Yeah. No. No. no uh, Almost a Nick Swisher. No Nicky Lopez. No Nicky Lopez. Oh, or Nick Swisher so, for that matter. <laughs> no, no Nick Swisher either. Was not expecting Nick Swisher. But how about, you know. This is autoplay, man. As much grief as we give Brian Snitker, he almost pushed the right button last night when he brought a Arcia in to pinch hit. For Nicky Lopez, because I thought he had gone yard for another three-run shot. He ended up doubling, didn't he? Yeah, he ended up doubling and one run scored. Yeah, but I think that's all they got out of it. No. They might have gotten two. No, they scored. Yeah, they they scored two in the eighth last time. I'm pretty sure at least. Good. So. But but yeah, I mean. Yeah, RC. Look I, again. My biggest gripe with with, with Snit is his bullpen management. It has nothing to do with his. His his ability to manage the lineup. Well, I think he well, well, the lineup. The, the lineup so rarely needs managing. Right. I mean, this I don't lineup, know I mean, when. You can't, it's it's a home, it's hard to screw it up. When I don't know when the last time was they pinch hit for somebody before. Yeah, that I mean it wasn't necessary. So and again, Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olson, Ozuna, Rosario, Murphy, Harrison, Arcia. I mean it's it's you know lather rinse repeat. repeat. Yeah. So at this point, you just go out there. Try to win the series. You've got Strider today. I assume it's Morton tomorrow. Could be Freed. It is Freed. Could be Freed. Okay, so it is Freed tomorrow. Morton gets to go against his old team when Pittsburgh comes to town. I would assume. Pittsburgh. Jeez. But, um, you know, Jeff Francoeur on the broadcast was kind of speaking to something last night with Nicky Lopez getting the start in place of Orlando Arcia. You know, he started, was it Sunday for Ozzy? Um, and I think it's going to be interesting how he works in and if Andrew Velasquez gets up, which I think he was signed for Von Grissom going on the IL at, at Gwinnett. But, you know, how they kind of get some guys off their feet down the stretch from the standpoint that, if they're the number one seed, they're going to have nearly a week off between the end of the season and the NLDS. So you don't want to be resting guys in that final stretch. So can they play against Gwinnett that week? They got to play some split squad or something, <laughs> something. man. They got they got to do something. They've got to stay relatively 
in the flow, yeah. I think, because last year wasn't good. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick. So stick around. Be right back after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Time now for the top of the hour Titans report from Terry McCormick of TitanInsider.com, powered by our friends at Zen Sports. Terry, we've got practice today, so what did you see? Terry, you are muted. Terry, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to unmute Terry's mic. There we go. Now, we got Terry, now. what did you see? All right. This is your Titan Insider Zen Sports Report. And today at practice, Arden Key was back on the field, which is certainly good news for the Titans in terms of getting ready for week one. He missed about a week, week and a half with a calf injury, didn't play in the preseason finale against the Patriots, but he was back out on the field today for the Titans. The other issue, though, was that Harold Landry was out there for stretch. Then when they went to individual work, he was no longer on the field, so hopefully just a little bit of rest time uh, for Harold Landry, but uh, the Titans certainly getting ready for week one, need everybody healthy if they can. Yeah, it's going to be you know, just just more getting ready for that, that Sunday game in New Orleans, so looking forward to you hear. Know, I've not seen a lot of these guys during the preseason. I'm excited to see Arden Key with everything we've heard about him since he came in both in camp and over the preseason. So he seems to be having a good camp and, and being ready and, and kind of giving them some juice on the defensive side of the ball. Only adding to that great pass rush. Yeah. That, that great pass juice, rush. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Glad to hear that. Because he's got the type of person that's kind of bubbles over to everybody else. And uh, that's something that, he brings that really this team has kind of lacked the last few years, a real personality that, you know, not only the media flocks to, but the teammates and really enjoy being around because he, he does have fun playing football. That's awesome. That's what you like to see. And you're right. That, that There's not been a lot of personality on that defense over the last few years. Be good to see some. Terry, we appreciate it. Tell us about Zen Sports. All righty, Zen Sports. This week is week one of the NFL. 
and Zen Sports is offering all spread bets on week one NFL games at minus 108. Now that's value. It's been 206 days since the 2023 Super Bowl, and there's only one more day to go. Tomorrow, the Lions and Chiefs matchup is the most exciting opening night in recent history. Will Detroit live up to the hype? Kansas City's in a tough spot with injuries and holdouts. The weekend also brings us Aaron Rodgers' debut with the Jets, Derek Carr as a Saints going against the Titans, and the debut of three highly anticipated rookie quarterbacks. Join Zen Sports at the Corner Pub downtown Nashville. Come and meet the Zen Sports team and kick off the NFL season this Sunday at the Corner Pub downtown. If you're bringing a friend, have them sign up with code CORNER, C-O-R-N-E-R, and Zen Sports will double the amount of their first bet as a Corner Pub gift card up to $100. We will have the gift cards waiting for you when you arrive. Zen Sports, you want to let your friends and followers know which side of the game you're on with Zen Sports. You can share your bets via text, email, or on social media. When you click bet, tap on the share icon in the top right corner, and you can select your social media accounts or text messages. Try it out today at hashtag Zen Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What, what, no, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. <gasps> Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. There is nothing better than drinking an ice-cold beverage while taking in a Nashville Sounds baseball game. Hi, I'm Stephanie Miller with Mornings on Main Street. The Nashville Sounds and Main Street Media Television have teamed up to promote Sunday Family Fun Day here at First Horizon Park each Sunday home game. Just go to your favorite Main Street Media website and click on Sounds Main Street Media Day banner to register to win free tickets. And then we'll see you here at the ballpark. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Days, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you live from the League Company Studio here in Columbia. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton. And while tomorrow is prep Thursday, we're going to talk a little bit of high school sports today as we are getting ready to be joined by Metro Nashville Public Schools Athletics Director Mark North and talk a little bit, a little turf talk. Turf talk, as opposed to the Bleacher Report. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. uh, thanks for joining us, Mark. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Mark, um, it was announced last spring, I guess, that 
Metro Nashville's high school football facilities would be getting turf, artificial turf surfaces pretty much across the board. Is that right? Um, that that's exactly right. And, okay. uh, and, uh, um, we, we are working toward having, uh, all 13 football fields, um, have turf installed on all 13 of the football fields and, and two other, uh, fields for schools that, uh, that don't play football, but have soccer programs. Okay. Um, now James Lawson, were they included in that or did they get artificial turf to start with or how, how, how did that go? Yeah. Uh, Lawson does not have artificial turf. Uh, they will eventually, uh, they, their, uh, the construction timing didn't really mesh so that they were, uh, they were well on their way to, toward completion of those facilities before the funding came through for, uh, uh, for the artificial turf. Okay. What is the timing for installation at the various facilities? And I ask because this past week, Columbia Central was supposed to have played originally at Hunter's Lane, and it was my understanding that that game was moved to Columbia Central because of a glitch with the installation at Hunter's Lane. Now, did I understand that correctly? Uh, Hunter's Lane is a is a different construction issue. Uh, they were getting uh, uh, track renovations and renovations to their stadium uh, that included some uh, accessibility uh, um, issues. Uh, so that that's not, they are not installing the turf on that. That's another construction project that seemed like the timing would be just right uh, to also do the turf, but it wasn't. Uh, uh, and so um, the that that glitch had to do with, and I'm not sure it was a glitch, maybe maybe just a slight delay in mm -hmm. that in, in, um, in that construction project with regard to their stadium. Okay, but that was not turf related then. Yeah, exactly. Now, okay. the the turf that will be that will hang be, on, but hang on. Let me interrupt you yeah, just a second sure. because I'd also heard that Hunters Lane was going to have to move all of their games this year. Is that accurate, or do they expect to be back on their in their stadium at some point this year? Uh, they 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 expect to be back um, uh, not this week, but their next home game, which I okay. believe is September twenty nine. Um, they expect to play at home September. Is that right? Um, I think that's right. Uh, I, I, I believe they expect to play at home uh, that okay. week. Okay. All right. Great. Now continue. <laughs> All right. So I was gonna I was gonna tell you the the three fields that are being installed um, uh, right now or ones completed uh, are Pearl Cone, uh, White's Creek. Uh, and East Nashville. Pearl Cones Field is completed. Uh, it is ready to play, and Friday night will be the debut uh, on that on that turf field. Uh, cool. White's Creeks is moving right along, uh, and it will be ready for the uh, September 22nd uh, game. It is the 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 turf is down. They are finishing touches on that. Uh, the Cobra. Logo is in the middle, and it's about ready. East Nashville is just a step behind. Uh, uh, the the uh, turf should be arriving. It's it's about ready for that to be laid down. All the it's all leveled out. All of the the 
prep work for that is just about completed. Uh, their first home game on the turf will be uh, October 20th, right after right after fall break. Um, Mark, according to the schedule I'm looking at, Hunters Lane is scheduled to play at home this Friday against Hendersonville. And that got switched uh, earlier this week. It is my understanding that uh, that that game will be played at Hendersonville. Okay, so then their next home game after that would be September 29th, as you mentioned, against Stratford. Okay. All right. Um, Mark North, Athletics Director of Metro Nashville Public Schools, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. So, Procone is done. White Creek should be done soon. East Nashville will be done a little later, but all this season. Is that correct? That's exactly right. What's the next cycle i guess right we we expect um uh we expect stratford and mcgavick uh to come pretty quickly maplewood um uh at hunters lane antioch cane ridge uh coming there closely glencliff uh overton uh mlk um and then uh hillsboro uh, uh and lawson sort okay. of uh, over, uh, over the next what period of time is that? De depends on when funding comes through. I am hoping it within the next uh, uh, three years. It it is it is likely to be uh, four or uh, or five, uh, but we'd like to get it moving as uh, as quickly as we can. Get them get them all done. We're really okay. excited about it. Proud of them. How did y'all prioritize who win? Well, there, there is, uh, uh, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, 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 <laughs> sure. there, you know, I mean, I, 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 I could make an argument and, and did, uh, for just about all of them, uh, to be, to be first up. Uh, but there was a, you know, there was a group here at the office that included the construction facilities operations, um, uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, office and athletics department. Uh, we talked about the the um, how the enrollment at the schools, the the uh, um, uh, the use of the the fields, the availability for practice uh, uh, areas, uh, the um, condition of the of the fields currently. All of those things. Um, Wade through, and the key was they were all going to get them and get them uh, relatively soon. Uh, and so, so when when they, uh, whether it's this year or next year or the next, um, um, matters of course. Uh, but the key was that we were going to get them all, get it moving, and and get them all done. Uh, I think that's that, that's great information. What I did have, I, I did want to to ask you since we are you know talking turf here, but. You know, we, we've we've been having some bleacher issues across the mid-state, and Overton announced last week, I guess, that it was having some issues. Uh, any update on the situation there? Um, I, I don't really have an update. Uh, uh, we we once the um, uh, once the news was reported uh, uh, out of Sumner County, we sort of jumped to it uh, and and did extra. Um, inspections to be sure uh, that our stadiums were uh, were okay and um, Overton had had an issue on their home side on their on that 
uh, old concrete uh, uh, home side, stadium side. Uh, and uh, so they closed it down uh, for the time being. They are now looking at uh, um, what needs to be done to repair it or or replace it, depending on depending on what they what they find. Um, we moved we moved quickly. We were able to host a game there um, uh, Friday night, uh, and the the uh, maintenance department here, the facilities department, the transportation department, even um, uh, East Nashville, who played. Uh, that was the away team there, and as well as Overton's administration, faculty, and, and fans really stepped up so we could we could play that game. Mark North, Athletics Director for Metro Nashville Public Schools, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Mark, actually getting on the field, who have you had a chance to see so far this year, and who do you like? Who have you liked? Well, you know, I... I I get to several games uh, each Friday, uh, and so I don't get to see a whole game. Uh, mm. And a lot of, and most of the time, I'm um, uh, um, finding out things I need to work on, see see how I can help and support. And I don't get to enjoy the games as much as I'd like. Although I always visit the concession stand. Um, I was there for uh, I was there for Glen Cliffs' uh, big win. Um, uh, and that was uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, the Pearl Cone team uh, that I that I haven't seen since uh, since Jamboree, I guess, uh, is um, top notch. Uh, they are very very good. East Nashville team looks uh, looks really good as well. And Lawson's undefeated uh, after three after three weeks. Yeah. Um, and and it was good to see Antioch uh, get a win, although it was against one of my one of my teams as well. Yeah, um, we are looking forward. We did not realize that Pearl Cone was going to be debuting on their turf this weekend when we reached out to Tony Brunetti to get him on with us tomorrow for Coach's Corner. But it was, you know, I mean, is everything. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, yeah. Mark. It's kind of been the story of my career. And so, <laughs> it worked out sometimes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we're looking forward to having him on, and that will add a little, a little um, extra to our visit with him tomorrow talking about the turf because, you know, that team is. There are those that would tell you that that team is fast enough already. They don't need any help. So, uh, I imagine a lot of opponents would have lobbied for them to be the last <laughs> team to get turf. But um, well, may, be, maybe the opponents will be a fast, little faster too on the on the turf. I don't know. I guess that's what they got to hope for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, they've got Pure Academy out of Memphis coming in on Friday night. Should be interesting as they try to get to four and zero. So. Um, did you have anything else? No, that's it. I, other than we appreciate you taking time with us, Mark. It's always good to get an update about what's going on in Metro Nashville. We, we certainly appreciate all the good work that you do and, and for keeping us in the loop. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch you up. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some picks to make. NFL. We'll, we'll talk a little divisions. We'll, we'll make some Super Bowl conference champion and Super Bowl picks uh, right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. Welcome back in. To Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. That's right, we are handing off uh, phone chargers here on, on Mid Tennessee on Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints Main Street Sports today. Oh man, NFL season kicking off tomorrow night. Yeah, as Terry alluded to, Lions and Chiefs. That's right. It's an intriguing matchup. You know, it, it kind of is because the Lions are not as bad as, you know, they have been over the last several years. And it's it's going to cause some consternation in my house because, as you're well aware, Jody is a Packers fan. Right. Her oldest son, Robert, who lives in Cadillac, is a Lions fan. Thanksgiving must have been fun for a few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he's raising his son, Lucas, 
Jody's grandson to be a Lions fan. Mm. And so, like I said, on this purpose, is, <laughs> you yeah. are. This is yeah. This is the path they have this, chosen. You're, you're yes. setting this yes. kid up for this, a lifetime. Yeah. And, and Brady yeah. McIntyre will tell you. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's borderline child abuse. It, it really kind of is. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I this this is not your father's or even your older brother's Lions team. I don't think. Now, I still don't know if you can trust Jared Goff or not. I mean, I don't think he's bad. I just don't. I mean, they've got Jamison Williams and and who else? That's the real issue. (laughs) Well, don't they have Jameer Gibbs? They do now. But, I mean, we don't know what to expect out of Jameer Gibbs. He's a rookie. So, I mean, is it – they say they're going to use him in, in unique packages and, and all of these things. So I'm really – I think tomorrow night is going to, going to tell us a lot about the Lions because obviously you're facing, as we mentioned yesterday, what could be the greatest coach in NFL history, Andy Reid. And you can't tell me that it's not close if not – because, look, Belichick got that – title for a little while and let's be honest I don't know how much of that was Belichick I think as we get farther and farther away from the TB12 era I think that's got to be more and more of a question I mean he wasn't good before not particularly I mean hasn't been particularly good since since. so I I don't know what else I'm supposed to conclude I I, I can't I mean, at this point, you're talking about Andy Reid, a guy who's, who, who took the Eagles to a Super Bowl before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Peterson won one, and they've been back since. But, I, I mean, but there, now, the Chiefs weren't very good. But, but now, if you're going to connect Belichick and Brady at the hip, then there are those that are going to tell you that you've got to connect Reed and Mahomes. Why? He took the he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. The those that would tell you that probably don't remember that. Well, and I think that's kind of the key here. I mean, Andy Reed is. I mean, and I'm not arguing with you. I'm right? Just, no, I, I I know I I understand. I mean, this is a guy who's won. 200 and going to win 250 this year, a 64% winning percentage. He's 22 and 16 in the postseason. That doesn't suck. He's, he's been named coach of the year 18 years apart from in 2000 and in 2018. He was also named AP coach, uh, AP coach of the year in 2002. I, I mean, The more and more you think about it, Andy Reid is at least in the conversation. Certainly, I and mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's deniable. He's won two Super Bowls. He's played in or coached in four, right? Kansas City's been to three. Mm-hmm. 
so you tell me. Uh, I mean, who else is in the conversation? Currently coaching? No. It, period. Well, I mean, all-time well, greats: Don Shula, Lombardi, Chuck Noll, Shula, No, Landry. Belichick, I guess. He's won seven Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Walsh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, T. Carroll, yes or no? No. Okay. That might be it then. Dan Reeves? Dan Reeves is probably in the conversation. He went to Super Bowls. He won. Did he win one at Denver? Went to at Denver. He went with Atlanta. He went with Atlanta. Say that real slow. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> the more you think about that. Just in general, that's yeah. Uh, he did not win football as a head coach. Dan Reeves did not. Did not. How many did he go to? Doesn't say. But he didn't win one. Let's see. He lost to Denver, ironically, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Isn't that something? <laughs> right. <laughs> and lost with Denver to the 49ers. And lost to New York. With Denver. And lost to the Redskins. So he went to four. He, he went to... Oh, yeah. he, he coached Denver when Doug Williams went off yeah. that year. So they lost. He lost in. He lost in the Super Bowl to New York and Washington back to back years, and then the 49ers two years later in '89, and then went back to the Super Bowl in '98 and to, only to lose to Denver. To that, Denver. that is absolutely brutal. That by is. Way. That's man. That's twisted right there. Yeah. Um, um, Marv Levy. Yeah. I lost four. How how many coaches? Dan Reeves and Andy Reid. How many coaches have taken two different franchises to the Super Bowl? That's the list, I think. Reed and Reeves? Yeah. <laughs> that might be it. I mean, because everyone else kind of stayed. If we got to Super Bowls, why would we leave? Why would we, why would we go somewhere else? Well, it's a different and, direction. And, and in Reed's defense, he didn't leave. No, they, he was they, told yeah, he, to go. He was, he was told to leave. Yeah. So I, I mean, look, I think Andy Reid is in the conversation. I really do. I think he's probably the most, as far as offensive minds go, I think he's among the top, if not the greatest offensive mind in the history of the game. I think Mike Leach at the college level is probably there. I think but again, I think at the pro I, level, it's Andy Reid. I think I think a lot of people are going to stop you there and, and remind you once again of Bill Walsh, probably. No, obviously and, Walsh's West Coast offense innovated mm -hmm. the complete, you know, the, the entire game. But you know, Reed was a, I mean, Reed's a guy who completely changed the the dual threat game. With mm -hmm. Donovan McNabb, 
I mean, he made he made it to where dual threat quarterbacks could be successful in the NFL, whereas a, before that there was Randall Cunningham and, and everybody. That, that's else. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, and, and obviously you know Michael Vick came along later, but I don't think Michael Vick is Michael Vick. I don't think he gets the I don't think he gets the opportunity he got without Donovan McNabb having been successful. Uh, Either you know, in Atlanta or Philadelphia. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, completely different subject. wasn't what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to get to some predictions, and we'll get to those now. But uh, I think it's a, a really interesting conversation to have. Let's start, Mo, in the AFC with the AFC East. That's the Bills, Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins. Obviously, the Bills were the favorite last year, and I mean, I guess they ended up okay, but certainly didn't dominate like most thought they would. Didn't dominate like most thought they would. I think a few more teams kind of devoted a little bit more attention to Josh Allen, and I don't think they had enough to, you know, open things up for Josh Allen, really. Um, I think despite all the hype around the Jets, and when you get the quarterback that they got, then you that ups the ante a little bit. But I still think Buffalo is a team to beat in the division. I think this is the toughest division in football. I think you're probably right. And and <laughs> because any of them could win it. And and I think I think the Patriots are the number four team. I, I would say the Patriots and Dolphins are probably fighting for. To stay out of the cellar. For that for that three spot, and the mm -hmm. Jets and Bills are probably fighting for the one. Uh, but but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if any of those three ended up two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think this is the toughest division in, in football, and I would probably say I think you're right that Buffalo's the team to beat. But, man, the Jets went and got a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. And they had some weapons. They had already. some weapons. They went and got more weapons. I mean, Sauce Gardner at corner. And, and is... then on the defensive side, they're just fantastic. Mm -hmm. I got to go with the Jets. That's fine. But I mean, it, again, I think they could both go 11 and 6, and it's a tiebreaker situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> or 12 and 5, even. Mm -hmm. I mean, the AFC North Bengals, Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. Say that again. Bengals, Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. I think if you flip-flop, well, I don't know. That might be the way that division finishes. Bengals, Ravens, and then I think Browns, Steelers are kind of interchangeable depending on what play you get out of Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, and what play you get around him. Um, I guess the X factor is... You know, what is um day to day? What <laughs> aren't we all? What is what is Joe Burrow's health status? Yeah, he's day to day according to, to their coaching staff as of two days ago. Uh so uh, whether he plays week one or not, I don't think that's gonna matter in the long term division race here. I think it's the Bengals to lose. I think the Ravens are gonna be a little bit better because there's not gonna be the the cloud of confusion with regards to Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. So I think they'll be a little bit better, especially offensively with J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, giving, you know, 
He's kind of their Derrick Henry taking and, some and pressure. And with Todd Monken kind of throwing, drawing and, things and up. And Todd Monken is is back to, to to lead that offense. I think the Bengals, again, I think it's theirs to lose because, again, their receiving core is just disgusting. If, disgusting. if that offensive line can keep him upright long enough to throw the ball. They've not had any they, – they've had issues, but it's not been detrimental to their success to this point. To this point. So, I'm going to go Bengals, but, boy, yeah. I think the Ravens could give them a shot. Mm-hmm. AFC South. Of course, it's the Titans. Got the Jags, Colts, and Texans. Um, could be the worst division in football. Obviously, everybody's in love with the Jags. And everybody except John Breach of CBSSports.com. Oh, really? What's John Breach of CBSSports.com saying? His bold prediction is the Titans win the AFC South. You know, I'm not sure how bold that is. Well, uh, you just said everybody else is saying the opposite, so it's pretty bold in the world that we live in. I think... If Ryan Tannehill stays healthy for 17 games, this team will give Jacksonville all it wants. I think if Ryan Tannehill stays healthy for 17 games, Jacksonville won't be in the discussion by the time they play in week 18. I wouldn't argue with that. I don't think it's a give all all they want. I I don't think that the Jacksonville can keep up with, 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 the Titans, if Ryan Tannehill is healthy. Yeah. Uh, and again, I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, I, that's, was, that's, I was trying to couch it a little bit. No. Because, I mean, they, <laughs> no. I'm not going to. I, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. I think, no they had, I think they had some success last year, but for all the but success. But they still went for all, right. For all the success that Jacksonville had last year, Tennessee had a chance to win the division in the final week of the season with, with, all with everything they dealt with. Exactly. So, yeah. Now, are they probably better? I think Calvin Ridley is is a game changer. I really do. I took him in the third round of my NFL of my fantasy football league draft because I, I really think he's that big of a game changer. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't cover Evan Ingram with uh, a blanket last year. Mm. So That was bad. I mean, I, obviously they give us they, they give the Titans issues, but if the Titans front seven is healthy, that's a not, lot of that. A lot of that changes. Mm-hmm. So again, it's all about the Titans staying healthy. Now, is that the biggest question in the history of Nashville football? Absolutely, <laughs> they've not been healthy for two consecutive for two years. years. Yep. So acting like they can stay healthy is almost. A fool's errand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know that that's something that you can count on. But I do think you have to make that caveat. I mean, the fact is, that I think you absolutely have to make that caveat that they have not been healthy the last two years, and yet, and yet they were the number one seed two years ago and went to the final game of the season with a chance to win their division. We're seven last and year. one going into week nine. Yeah. Of course, they lost eight games in a row. But, <laughs> but I mean, the Titans, I think the Titans will win 10 ball games at the minimum. I think their floor is 10 games. 
And I think Sunday they're going to show they are going to make people ask what's wrong with the Saints. That's how bad. And that will and that'll be the question. Oh yeah, sure. That'll be the question. Never, it won't how be good are the no. It won't be. Wow, these guys are pretty good. It'll be what's how, wrong with the Saints? Yeah. How bad is New Orleans? Well, mm-hmm. come on. Now. Yeah. Look, look, I in Derek Carr's debut. And here's the thing: this front seven against a quarterback who you know where he's going to be. They might have a field day Sunday. AFC West. Really? We're going to do this? Broncos, Chargers, <laughs> Chiefs, and Raiders. We're going to do this? I mean, is it is it a question? That's, I mean, is it a question? I, uh, I mean, I... Again, you talk about the health of the Titans. I mean, I guess if something catastrophic was to happen to Mahomes, that would change everything, anything. But, I mean, short of that. Is Chase Daniel still there backup? I don't know. I mean, he I'd was say that there's year. a huge drop-off. Yeah, I mean, whoever it is, it could be, yeah. it could be Ryan Tannehill and it'd be a drop-off. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Oh. oh, yeah, you you really want to keep Patrick yeah. Mahomes yeah. healthy. <laughs> yeah, no question. But, yeah, after that, it's pretty much just a mm-hmm. talk about drop-offs. Mm-hmm. NFC East. Ooh. Yeah, Commanders, Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. How can it not be the Eagles, right? It could be the Cowboys. Could it? Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, they've got Tony Pollard coming back. Uh, and Tony Pollard is the guy now, right? Tony Pollard's the guy. No, no, the guy who Ezekiel Elliott ate Ezekiel Elliott in, that's up in New England, that dude, he looks like Eddie Lacy in year two. I mean, he looks bad. Mm. Him, him and Zion on that same diet. The seafood diet. So I, I think I think the Cowboys could win it. I think the Eagles could win it. Here's my bold prediction. I think the Giants do win it. Listen, that I'm is a, bold. I'm a Brian Dayball stand. I didn't think he was a very good offensive coordinator in at Alabama, but I think it was a college thing. He's been very good at the, at the NFL. Level. I tell you and what, he has he made, made Daniel Jones better than I would have ever expected. Defensively, they struggle, but I think the Eagles regress. I don't think that – because you know how that Super Bowl situation kind of works. I think the Eagles end up going 8-9 and nine or something. I don't think they regress to that point. I can see some regression just because of the schedule they're going to play. Exactly. Anything. But I still think – I'm just not ready to put that much faith in Jones or the ball, day ball. Uh, I I think it's probably Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. No love for the Commanders? None. They got a new quarterback, though. They got a new quarterback. They got a new offense coordinator, and I hope they do well. I hope hope Eric Biennemi does well. Do you think think Washington wins seven games? Oof. 
You got to think they're playing well, they, a number they, four schedule. They so. got they got six games in that division, which is not easy. Yeah, very tough. So, Seth, I don't know. I don't know. Ask me Monday after the first. Yeah, NFC North. It's going to be Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Be careful what you say here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's not the Packers. No. Do they make the playoffs? Do you think they can get a, they can sneak up as a wild card? Uh, they'll they'll make a run at it. I think I, I, the court, again. Jordan Love could be great. We don't he know. could be great. We don't know. He could be awful. I we mean, don't know. Again, the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. We didn't know yeah. when. When, when Favre left, it was a big question mark. Dude turned out to be pretty decent. So, I, I want to say Vikings, Duck, but um, what do you have with Cousins? Justin Jefferson. But you've got Dalvin Cook. Who's apparently not even going to be the starter in New, Jer- in New York. <laughs> I'm going Vikings. I, I just think they've got the most established, most consistent quarterback. I'd really like for it to be I like Justin Fields a lot. I just don't know if the Bears are ready to take that step. You and John Breach right on it with the Vikings. I, I'm going to go with the Vikings too. Obviously, they had that long run of being undefeated last year, but that was – the luckiest undefeated team in the history of all sports. You must not really remember UT 98. Well, yeah, they were really lucky. I mean, (laughs) mean, sometimes it takes a lot. Yeah, but it was every game for Minnesota last year. It was every game for UT in 98. (laughs) It was, it was a lot of luck last year. So I don't know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Vikings, but only because, I don't want to pick the Lions. <laughs> NFC South, Buccaneers, Falcons, Panthers, Saints. What is it about the South? Terrible. We play great football. college football. And terrible, terrible pro, pro football. football. Yeah. I think the Falcons may be the least bad. I think the Falcons have the potential to be good. It's all dependent on Desmond Ritter. They've got a they've got a great pair of running backs, Cordell Patterson and uh, who's the other running back? Ah, oh, crap. Who's probably oh, going to uh, Bijan Robinson. Robinson? Yeah, uh, Bijan Robinson, Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, if used correctly, and again. Arthur Smith should be using Kyle Pitts the same way he used Johnny Smith. I don't mm-hmm. know what the problem is here, but. If, if Desmond Ritter gives them anything at all, this team has the offensive ability to be really good. Yeah, sh- because, I mean, the Panthers, C.J. Stroud aside, aren't very good. No, I, that, Bryce that, Young. That, I'm sorry, Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud is the other guy. Houston. He's in Houston. Yeah, Bryce Young. Um, who is the quarterback in Tampa Bay? That's as good of a question as anybody, I guess. Um, Baker Mayfield, I guess. Mm. 
If it's not Baker, it's Kyle Trask, so it's Baker. Oh, it's got to be. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Baker. Yeah. And um, and at running back, they have nothing. Is, uh, is Keyshawn Vaughn still on the roster? He's hurt. Questionable for this week. But, mm-hmm. yes, he is on the roster. I mean, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You, you've got really – they have you have decent receivers. You have decent receivers if you have someone that can get them the ball. But defensively, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. And New Orleans. I don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. like New Orleans. I I'm going with Atlanta as much by default as anything. I would agree with that. Yeah. And the West. Again, really? no question. Again, do we have to do this? No question. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the NFC, AFC West are pretty much locked up already. San yeah. Francisco, Kansas City. And, you know. Who is the number two team? Is it the Rams or is it the Seahawks? It's got to be the Seahawks if Geno gives you anything like he gave you last year. He doesn't have to be the same. He doesn't have to be great. He just has to What if be Matt decent. Stafford is healthy? If Matt Stafford's healthy, the Rams have an opportunity because they've got Cam Akers. And so, I mean, the Rams could be, I don't know. I mean, again, Cam Akers gives you a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is, you know, a guy that, and and then, you know, you've got Cooper Cup who's injured. still hanging out. But he's questionable right now, but he's going to be, He's he's probably going to be back at some point. At some point, yeah. Uh, Van Jefferson mm-hmm. can't forget the pride of almost said Ravenwood. Yes. Okay. Yes. But then I was like, is it Riverdale? No, no, no. <laughs> Got no. really confused no, no, for no. a second. No, no Ravenwood. Don't. That's yeah. right. You don't have those Williamson County folks. I was like, wait yet. a minute. <laughs> I knew it was an R. Jeremy Quarles on line uh, already. <laughs> couple of that issues. Bryson Hopkins at tight end. I mean, this is this is a team that's got weapons. Uh, and I think defensively, it, anytime you've got Aaron Donald, you've got a shot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure. So, I, I think but it's, it's definite. But they're playing for number two. I think they're playing for number two, and Gino's going to have to be good. Anyway. Your AFC champ. Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> no no limbs gone out on here. Sorry. Uh, no. I mean, but, I mean, you asked me, you right? You can't be mad. No, no you can't. <laughs> if I pick the best team to win the league, uh, the division. Conference. All right. Yeah. I'm going with the Bills. Mm. Uh, you just like being provocative. That's nothing new, though. There. Well, I think, look. I I just know the NFL well enough to know it's never who you think it's going to be. I mean, even last year, we didn't think it was going to be the Chiefs. Didn't think it was going to be Philadelphia either. And yet, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Uh, NFC champion. Given the difficulty that we had coming up with everybody else, got to be San Francisco, doesn't it? Well, and see, that's kind of the thing. I uh, Yes, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see your debate, but 
I mean, think about this. I, I'm very, if the, if the I'm, I'm very much of the kiss. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid, you know, approach. So Kansas City, San Francisco. Mm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Cowboys out of the wild card. I think the Giants win the division, but the Cowboys come out and win. Here's the thing: the, NFC. the Cowboys as the wild card means that they're going to be on the road in some pretty tough environments in the playoffs. Maybe it's a Philadelphia, you know, obviously Minnesota is inside, but an inside team making a run in the postseason doesn't necessarily. But it's not like they don't play at Philadelphia in the winter. You know, I, I don't know. I understand, they, they, but they've got to go to New York. They've got to go to, you know. I just think it depends on what the road looks like for them. as a Philadelphia in November, they get the Giants week one mm-hmm. on the road. So, so they got to go to Buffalo in December and to D.C. in January, January 7th. So I don't know. I, so you like – so you like Kansas? No, you like Buffalo and Dallas. I like Buffalo and Dallas. Okay, I got Kansas City and San Francisco. All right. Let's see how that goes. Let's get it'll, to, it'll be two completely different. Completely, teams. it won't even be close. <laughs> uh, let's go to the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, where we have scoured the internet, and there's. You sent me this. 11 season in 2022. Reporter Katie Winge posted on social media that Robert Morris traveled to Colorado Springs without 20 of their uniforms. So they had to warm up in Air Force practice jerseys instead. And I don't know if it ever got rectified. Because it did. When, did it? Okay. Moments before kickoff, the Colonials were saved them from the potential indignity as their our uniforms did arrive. But it couldn't save them on the field as they lost 42-7. to seven, But they covered the 47 points. There you go. And really, that's all we're worried about here. Did Robert Morris cover against yes, Air Force? Yes, That's <laughs> but yeah, could you imagine having to go out there in another team's practice jersey? No, I can't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd just say, you know what? Maybe we just take this one to the house. Mm. How embarrassing would that be? It, as embarrassing as it gets, let's be honest. That being said, if you are the team photographer for the Los Angeles Angels... You've got a collector's item on your hands <laughs> because Angels reporter Sarah Valenzuela shared photos of a body double for Shohei Otani on social media and stated a man was just slated to occupy his spot in the photo and they plan to Photoshop Otani into the photo once it's released. But if you don't think that photographer's keeping that raw file, you are sadly mistaken. Sadly. It's going to be some random tall dude 
And by the way, they put him in an Otani uniform. They didn't give him like a regular, just like a no, no name on the back uniform. They gave him an Otani uniform. Hope he got to keep it. I. <laughs> What, hope, hope what, is got out with it. what is the purpose of having the name on the back of the jersey? What what is the deal? For a team photo. It's, where you're not going to see just the, see the, of the front. Jersey just anyway. give me a, a plain. You might not even see the 17, depending on where he's standing. Oh, that's probably what it is because they do have a front number, don't they? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, oh. But you can still, you don't have to put front the name numbers. on the front. I, I can tell you've been covering high schools way too long when you ask whether or not uniforms have front numbers. Yeah. Well, the Braves don't. They don't do that. No. That's wild. So. <laughs> Never even thought about that. The yeah. Braves don't have front numbers. And so, I, I mean. That's it's, okay. We still know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it's just, it's so funny. Shohei will be in the photo when you see it, Phil Evans said. <laughs> no, he will not be in the photo. He will be pictured. He will not be in the photo. In the photo. There's a difference. <laughs> he will be pictured. He will not be in it. Oh, man. Hey, I don't know if you've got this Go or ahead. not, but it's something we need to talk about. Go ahead. So last year when Alabama went to Texas. Oh, yeah, and they put them up in the, in the rafters. They put their band up in the top deck. So now. Alabama is returning the favor. They are returning. They are returning the petty. Returning the petty is good. Yeah. Yep. Um, I will say this, though. Longhorn band members not happy about Alabama or LSU's band being up there, but it's a strictly a money decision. You can you can sell the seats where those people were for more money than you can sell the upper deck. So put the band in the upper deck. Since they're not paying, not paying. <laughs> it's bull crap, but I guess it is what it is. It is what it is. I didn't have that Longhorn on here, but I did have another. Police in northeast Nebraska, Norfolk Captain Chad Ryman said it didn't take long for officers to track down a modified Crown Victoria sedan after a 911 call uh, about it driving on the main highway, entering the city of roughly 24,000 people, Nebraska's largest city, by the way. We didn't have a full understanding of it until we saw it. The car that Lee Meyer has driven in parades across the area for years, has half a windshield and the roof removed to make room for Howdy Doody, his bull. A real live bull. A real live bull, Howdy riding Doody, in riding in a vehicle. And they finally got him. Again, he, they drive, he drives it in parades. I want to know how the thing moves, to be honest with you. But uh, don't worry, he didn't steer <laughs> that's it for one. Yes, that, as well it should be. <laughs> on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone Joint. We're back tomorrow for preps Thursday again. As you heard earlier, we will talk with Pearl Conehead coach Tony Brunetti. He'll join us to talk about his turf and his his Firebirds, who are absolutely killing it right now. <laughs> And looking forward to that, looking forward to much more. We'll, of course, give you our high school picks tomorrow, all of that, and much, much more. So we'll see you guys tomorrow on Main Street Sports Today, back in the Lee Company studio. Have a good one.